Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I'm so glad you joined me. In this episode, we're going to talk about changing our perspective. We start out in such a place of darkness, and eventually we have moments where we see lighter hope, and then we seem to fall back into that darkness. We can either choose to beat ourselves up for going back and believing it will never get better, or we can be thankful for those little tiny victories and glimmers of light that we have and be hopeful there will be more times like this that will get bigger or they'll last longer. Now that's just one example of how perspective can make a big difference in our grief. And I want to go ahead and look at seven shifts that we can make in how we see God. Some parents are helped by the realization that their child is not missing. He or she is simply absent. To be absent means not to be present for the moment. The Bible says that for someone who has accepted the gift of salvation, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I use a term sometimes that I've heard a few bereaved parents almost complain about, I guess, and that is saying that I lost my daughter. They, they say, I didn't lose my child. I know exactly where my child is. And I understand what they're saying, but I have lost my child from this earth. I did lose Becca from this earth. And she's absent from my presence for the rest of my time here on earth. This is one of those times where perspective can change everything. Because I can either choose to focus on my own personal loss, that Becca is permanently absent from this earth, or I can focus on the fact that Becca is absent from this earth, but she's present with the Lord. And even though that pain of her not being here is intense... I will meet up with her again in our eternal home, never to be separated again. It may not seem like it, but our perspective is a choice that we make. And I strongly recommend that you choose the second perspective, saving yourself a lot of torment. The perspective of your child being absent here from earth, but present with the Lord. And it's not a permanent absence, right? So here's the second one, being able to take my needs and my fears to God in prayer makes a big difference in my life. Now, I know prayer is a struggle. I know it is. But being able to talk to God, and I'm not talking about the petition type prayers, but just my own personal prayers, my needs, my how I'm feeling, those kinds of prayers, just like talking to someone on a day-to-day basis, talking to God about day-to-day life, talking to God about what I don't have, what I do have, just all of those things. It has made a big difference for me because it keeps me from feeling so helpless in a circumstance that I don't have any control over. Praying gives me much more control over how I respond to my feelings and my fears. And it may be that the only thing I have control over is my communication with God. But really, that's enough. 
I think of Peter's answer when Jesus asked his 12 followers, will you leave me also? And Peter said, Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have life. You're the giver of life that lasts forever. For many years, I have said that Jesus isn't a crutch to me. People talk about religion being a crutch. And I know a lot of you who are listening, we know there's a difference between religion and relationship. And he is not my crutch. He is my wheelchair. And it's more true after Becca died than it has ever been in my life. The third one is having the revelation that God always leads us into triumph. And that can make a huge dent in fears that we have. During a worship song at church one day, I suddenly realized that if I bring God into my battle, including the battle of my fears, the battle of my darkness, the battle of my grief, and all the feelings and things that go with that, when I bring him into my battle, then I will win because it's impossible for him to lose. Do you realize that Jesus has never entered a battle that he hasn't won? And so when you bring him into the battle, it makes you victorious. I hesitate to say that because I know some of you are in such a place of darkness and, and it's you can't see that place. But it is there in your future. It is in your future. And when we bring him into the battle, I'll win because it's impossible for him to lose. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. God has the first word and the last word in my life. And he also has it in the life of my child. God has never entered a battle where he came out as the loser, and he never will. So as soon as I ask God to fight for me, I know somehow, in the end, I will come out victorious. The fourth one is reading the book of Psalms in the Bible can be extremely helpful. Over and over again, the writer of the book of Psalms, and there are several writers in there, David wrote most of it, but the writers will cry out for help from a very dark place of despair. And God responds by being a rock, a refuge, a help in time of need. I spend a lot of time in the Psalms there when I, I'll call it relapse, and I find myself struggling with the pain and the reality that Becca is gone, and I won't see her again until I join her in heaven. I think about how often in the Psalms, we read the words, how long, God, how long are you going to leave me like this? David knew those kinds of struggles. And you'll find even in the same chapters or the very next chapter where things turn around for him. And he is, uh, you know, he talks about God being the rock and the fortress we can run to and the anchor and, and his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. And so this is just something to read the book of Psalms, to read someone who can relate to the struggles, the same kind of darknesses and the same kind of questions that a lot of us have. The fifth one is don't keep looking back allowing yourself to be paralyzed by the pain of the past, trying to stay in a place which no longer exists. And I'm sorry to say this, and I am not trying to be cruel. Remember, I lost my daughter too. But I simply want to set you free. The thing is, no matter how much you want your child's life back, 
it isn't going to happen. I did that. I kept looking back in that kind of a way. And God spoke something to my heart one day that I want to share with you. He said, Laura, don't look back. Go forward with everything you've got. Lot's wife looked back and she was frozen to a place where she died. She could not go anywhere because she looked back. I know that may seem harsh, but it will become a tormenting fear that will paralyze you. Don't look back at the crushing blow. If you look back to ponder and relive the death, you won't be able to walk in the power of my resurrection life. Live. You shall live and not die. I speak over you, my daughter, that you shall live and not die. I speak life into your soul, into your very being. Life. Receive it. Just receive this new life I'm giving you. You will grow stronger in it each day you come up to me to drink. Drink daily. Drink deeply. For it will truly be a wellspring of life in you and through you. Cross over from death to life. Cross over from sorrow into joy. Cross over into new depths of my love and my will and my ways for your life. I wrote that in my journal about three months after Becca died. Number six, don't try to hide from your fears or pretend they aren't there. God wants you to bring all of your feelings to him, even the ones you wish you didn't have. You may be wondering, he knows these things already. Why should I have to tell him how I'm feeling? Because you need to admit those things so that you can give them to God and let him work with you at being set free. Fear and anxiety and the kind of anger that we can be dealing with, it comes from the enemy of your soul. When you take these feelings to God, it's a way of affirming your trust in him regardless of how you feel. If you do this persistently, those tormenting feelings of fear will eventually lose their hold on you and you'll find your feelings lining up with faith. Feelings are fickle. And we have to get to the point where we're standing back on the truth. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's not fair. But God, where else can I go? I'm going to trust you. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I don't feel this way. God, I'm going to bring all of this to you. I'm going to bring this mess to you and let you help me sort it all out and get me out of this darkness. The seventh one is to claim the promises of God, not based on how you feel, but based on the truth of what God says. Now, I know this is another one that we can really, really struggle with because it's like, why should I stand on the promises of God? Because I did that for my child and it didn't work. I prayed for healing for my child. I prayed for protection for my child and it didn't work. And part of that is how we look at prayer and how we've been taught, some of us, that almost like God's a vending machine. You put in the coin, you punch the button, you pull the lever, and you get what you want. That's not how things work. And it doesn't mean that God isn't love. It doesn't mean that God isn't good. And I've talked about that. I've written about that. I'm not going to go into it here. But the thing is, there are still promises that we can stand on in the Word. For example, Romans 8.18 that tells me the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory 
that will be revealed. And I've written in the margin of one of my Bibles that I'm not waiting for the glory of heaven, but I'm looking for the power of his glory to be revealed in me while I am still on this earth. And the thing that's so amazing to me about that verse now is that I think about the depths of our suffering after our child dies and how deep and how painful it's you can't even put words to it can you there just are no words that say that that can be put to the pain that we feel and yet here it says that the glory to be revealed can't even be compared to the suffering. That has got to be some incredible glory. Even if I just get a glimpse of it here, that would be great. But if not, I'm going to stand on that promise that the glory that my child is in right now, that Becca is in right now, that your child is in right now, the glory that they are experiencing right now cannot even be compared to the depth of the suffering and pain that we feel right now. Woof, that's incredible, isn't it? How about the promise of Jesus telling us that he will never leave us and never forsake us? That's in Hebrews 13, 5. And that is not a promise based on conditions. It's set and it's firm no matter what we choose to do or not do, no matter what we choose to believe or not believe. We may feel like, God, you did forsake me. You did leave me. You abandoned me. You abandoned my child. And it's just not true. He is our constant companion and the source of everything we need during this time. The question isn't, where is God? The question is, where am I? Because I can walk out on him very easily, and many of us do. We ignore him as though he's no longer with us, and that is never the case. I've heard it say, guess who moved? Guess who moved away? And it wasn't God. It's not God. Over the years, I have struggled with having enough faith to please my father based on Hebrews 11.6, especially when I hear about people having, you know, a while back there was this big thing about, uh, depending on what Christian circles you were in, there was gold dust and feathers appearing and people just having lots of visions and seeing angels and glory clouds, all that kind of a thing. And it was like, God, why aren't I getting any of this? Where's, how come I don't have enough faith for all of this? One day I was, I was crying, wanting to have the kind of faith that pleases him. But I was also in deep pain over the death of my daughter, Becca. And I was thinking, where was my faith? And in the middle of all my tears, God told me how much pleasure I had been bringing him because of my deep faith. He showed me his perspective. It's easy to believe and to walk with him when people are having these incredible, crazy things happening, or they're seeing Jesus in dreams, or they're, you know, seeing heaven open or whatever is going on. But it takes a whole lot more faith to keep on when you don't see any of these things, and you don't feel him, and none of that is there. And yet you're walking in faith and trusting him anyway. That's great faith, and great faith brings God pleasure. And he let me know that I was bringing him great pleasure. And as you keep on, and you're trusting him in your pain, even though you can't see where he's leading you in all of this, you are bringing him great pleasure as well.
What I have just shared with you was taken from one of my books. It's called When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. I want to read what's at the end of this chapter that I'm reading from right now. While writing this chapter, I found myself leaning back in my recliner and telling God out loud, I am so very, very blessed. How can I say that? Because I am. I refuse to remain focused on the pain of my loss. I'm determined to go forward, focused on who and what I still have. I've given God the shattered pieces of my life, and I'm watching him not only fix it, but make it into something even more beautiful than it was before. Only a God who specializes in miracles can do that. Don't you feel like it would be a miracle if you could live life again, if you could want to live again? Wouldn't it be a miracle? It is, and God specializes in miracles. He can do that for you just like he's done that for me and thousands of other bereaved parents who have walked this journey ahead of us. I would much rather live my life full of light and hope of a better tomorrow both here on earth and in my eternal home with Becca, you and I are both blessed with so much that has not been taken from us. Seeing things through God's eyes is always better than through our own. We need to ask him for his eyes and then give him time to show us what he is seeing and show us his perspective. We may not see it right away. One thing that might help with this are the Rebuilding Your Life After the Death of Your Child courses. Now, this used to be one big course that I put together based on the book, When Tragedy Strikes, but we have revised it. We've divided it up into three smaller courses. It isn't as overwhelming because each course only has 12 sessions and it brings down the cost a lot because you can just buy the individual small courses and you can choose the specific area that you need help with or you can get one or you can get two or all three. I just want to run through these real quick what they are. Course one is called How Do I Even Start to Rebuild My Life? And this course walks you through some of the most difficult beginning parts of the journey for a grieving parent and helps you start the process of rebuilding your life with hope and healing. Course two is called Working Through the Darkness. Now this course deals with some of the major issues we need to work through to get past the suffocating darkness after the death of our child. Being able to move toward light and hope will put you on the path to have meaning and purpose in your life once again. It's a lot of work to get there and this course will be a valuable tool to help you. And then course three is called Looking Toward My Future. This course will give you hope that you can live a life of meaning and purpose again, not in spite of your child's death, but because of his or her life. It will also help you move more quickly in that direction. Now, these courses, like I said, they're all based on the book that I read from in this uh, episode, When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. You can find out more about these courses and how to enroll as a student by going to gpshope.org slash WTS course. You can just go to our website. Under the resource tab, you'll find the courses. Just click on that. We'll also have a link in the show notes. 
as far as birthdays. It's a bit unusual, but there are no birthdays to announce this week. If you're new to this podcast, each week I announce birthdays of our kids, of the listeners, and they send me the information, and then the week of his or her birthday, I announce that child and their forever age. If you would like to have our listeners celebrate your son or daughter's birthday, you just go to gpshope.org birthdays. There's just a form with the information I need to be able to announce it, and I will add them to the list, and we will celebrate with you. I hope this episode has been helpful. You may want to listen to it again and write down one or two things that were suggested to help you with shifting your perspective. Changing our perspective can help so much in learning how to have hope and light in your life and even moving on to learning how to live a life of meaning and purpose again. It can be done. And like I have said, it's not in spite of your child's death. It's not in spite of that, but because of his or her life. Don't forget to check out the courses on our website. And until we're together here again next week, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.